Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Uh, depending on what part of Texas you're in, it, it might not be all that glorious. I have to say it's, it's a little cloudy out there. There's a storm coming in. It's already hit parts of Texas. Uh, maybe it's going to only hit small parts of East Texas and move towards Louisiana. That's not good for them either. We've got friends there too, not to make light of that at all. But I, as I liked, I was telling um, my son this morning, you know, at breakfast, <laughs> we were, he's celebrating his 13th birthday. I've got now, uh, I guess that's three teenagers in my home. So um, how we count our blessings and we were starting, we were like, well, it's great, you know, what a blessing it is to be born in the United States, uh, to, you know, really reflect on being a Christian and have that freedom. And, you know, what a blessing it is to be born in Texas. You know, sometimes uh, we can feel really good about that and, and not to make, you know, be too negative about other states. But you know how we are in Texas. And so um, so it's a glorious week if you're here in Texas, even though there might be some challenges and Boy, I tell you what, this is going to be a busy week next week for the next three weeks. Early voting starts, presidential election year, a whole lot on the ballot because the coronavirus pushed a lot of things into November, local elections. You know, I I need to be having a show. Can I have a show every day? Can I just do daily now? Anyway, so, um, but we like to do the show once a week. We've been running now for over four years. We talk about the issues of faith family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media, and primarily what happens in Texas. Texas Values, the sponsoring organization of this program, is a statewide organization, but we are faith-based. We're a Christian organization, and so a lot of what we talk about is from that Christian worldview, and we're going to be doing that today, too, because we've got a great friend that's going to be a guest today on the Texas Values Report. Pastor Steve Riggle is the founder and senior pastor of Grace Church at Woodlands, In 1983, Steve and his wife, Becky, founded Grace Community Church in Houston. Since then, Grace has grown to over 15,000 members across four campuses. Steve and Becky are currently the senior pastors at the Woodlands campus, where they provide, while providing apostolic leadership for the Grace Community Church as a whole. Additionally, Steve serves as the president of Grace International, a fellowship of over 3,000 churches in 99 nations around the world. Wow, that's a lot of coverage. Steve is also on the executive team of Houston Area Pastors Council, a group of pastors seeking to serve the whole body of Christ in the greater Houston area. And we've done work together for many years. Pastor Steve has a master's degree from Oral Roberts University and a doctorate degree from the King's University. Pastor Steve Rickle, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Jonathan. Glad to be with you. Well, we got to spend some time together in person recently. You were one of the speakers in part of our work and presentations at the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum, our annual policy forum. It was here in the Central Texas area. Boy, what a turnout. We doubled our attendance from last year. Now, a good chunk of that was online. Thank goodness for the technology that exists these days for people you know, that are still have different comfort levels or just didn't want to travel. They live, you know, Texas is a big state. But we were excited that you got to be a part of that. And, you know, look, there's a little bit of that discussion about um, election year issues. And I want to get into that. OK, but before we do, you and I were talking off the air 
A lot of times we jump right into the conversation. What's going on lately? What's going on in politics? What's going on in the church? When are they going to open in, in certain churches? What's the, the latest battle? Before we get into some of that, I, I want to talk a little bit about your background, though, as I was you know, just kind of having a little fun with you. Your bio starts in 1983, but take us back a little bit further. We want to get to know you a little bit better, You know where you grew up, um, you know, before you made it to Texas and, and started doing the work that you do. Well, I, I grew up in a in a pastor's home. My dad was a bivocational uh, pastor, and so we moved every year and a half or two all around the country. Most of the time, he would start a small church uh, with his own money. Uh, he worked construction, uh, road construction and building construction, and uh, so we moved like that until I was uh, in junior high school, and then we landed in Salem, Oregon, where we, he planted another church there. So I went to junior high, high school there, then off to uh, college in Santa Cruz, California, where I met Becky. We've been married 51 years, and uh, we served a few places in staff positions. And then in 1974, we started a church in the San Francisco Bay Area and uh, pastored that church for 10 years, built five buildings there in 10 years, and had the largest uh, Protestant church in the city when we move to Texas to start again. Well, look, and if there's a place that you can go to to start again or to have new adventure or to have opportunity, Texas is certainly one of them. And there's kind of this fun interplay. Sometimes it's not fun with with California and Texas. We look at some of the things that are going on with the churches there. I know you spent some time there recently, but I like to kind of go back a little bit with folks and guests from time to time because there's, you know, a lot of times there's a story, right? There's a connection where we came from and, and, you know, a part of what makes us what we are today. And sometimes we see people now and, you know, you and I interact. I mean, we met probably five, six years ago and we're already kind of in the middle of, of our work. But so much of that, you know, does tie into, you know, experiences we have before that we bring to the table and that are part of what we do. I love to hear about what you were saying about your background with your father and, and starting small churches. And, you know, it's just interesting to see. I, I was traveling a little bit recently, and I was at a cowboy church in Sealy, Texas, of all places. Little town, right? Not too far west of Houston. And that's a big existence to Christian churches still, right? These smaller churches, you know, rural areas, uh, um, you know, that continue to have an existence but um, but they have an important place in the world. And so it's good to hear your background to see how you've seen things at different levels. But now you're doing some work at a pretty high level in the state of Texas and other parts of the country. And, you know, you, um, we were able to spend some time together recently talking about some of these issues. You know, we're in election year. I hear you. You know, I, I, I like that your sermons are online. Our good friend Roger Ellswick points me to them. And and I've listened to some of them recently. And you're one of those that's out there in a busy and important election year, connecting the Bible to voting in elections and how important they are for Christians. Why does that matter so much to you? Well, uh, one, it ought to matter to to anyone who's a father or a mother and has children, and uh, the decisions that are made today will certainly affect the nation those kids live in. And so it's important from a very practical, pragmatic uh, position there, and then biblically, we're we're actually called to be. Jesus called us to be salt. That's influence in the in the day, and that salt is not is not to be spread about in the church building. It's to be 
It's to be lived out through the lives of people in the in the everyday culture. And then I'd add a third thing is that in this nation, how we were founded, and it remains to be seen if we will yet be this, I think this election is critical in that in this nation, uh, every citizen is actually the king. We don't have a king. Our president is not king. Every citizen, uh, all of our elected officials supposedly work for us. And so if, the, if those who are charged with the, with the power, which are the citizens in this country, don't exercise those rights, then a handful of people will usurp those rights and will rule over us. Now, look, I mean, it's interesting. A lot of people forget about that or just I don't I don't want to say forget there. They're just not in touch with that. I was kind of, you know, some of these discussions happen on social media and somebody I know, you know, posted something that really related, almost tried to compare, you know, this concept of of, of kingship or aristocracy or whatever to um, and unelected people to what we're seeing now. And I was reminding them, look, that is not our system. We elect our officials. We elect our president. And sometimes they might seem, you know, distant or they do things that seem out of touch. And you got to and I like to remind people, oh, they're not out of touch. Uh, They get reminded of who they're accountable to every four or every two years. And let's not forget some of the decisions they make knowing that. Right. Knowing that some people may not like it. And they may get voted out of office and they do it anyway because they do it on principle or they think what's right. And no one's asking them to run for office or forcing them to, if you'll excuse me. They're, you know, they're making this decision on their own. It is a very high level of service, even though sometimes people abuse it. Um, but I think sometimes we can get caught up in this as Christians, right? You know, our Savior is Jesus. So why should we care so much about, you know, who's elected? I mean, almost to try to separate ourselves from it. And sometimes, a lot of times, we're told that, you know, Christians don't, shouldn't be involved in politics or the, the church shouldn't, you know, be involved in some of these things. But the reality is those laws and decisions that they're making can impact us. As You know, speaking of California, they're not allowed to worship at a lot of churches. They can't even open because the king, so to speak, out there, Newsom is shutting them down. Uh, how can, you know, the Christians have a better understanding of that and from a pastor's perspective like yourself? Well, so uh, values, godly values, moral values, that's the issue. And politics is the process by which you address those issues. And so the, the people who say the church shouldn't be involved in politics or Christians shouldn't be involved in politics, uh, that's just sort of crazy because all of us should be involved uh, in establishing wholesome, godly values and a, a community that respects each other, that upholds the nuclear family, that helps us raise our children right. All of those things ought to be a part of any community, and they are a part of any community that is wholesome, that has low crime, and all of those kinds of things that are just natural things. So when I look at my role, uh, I say, you know, I'm probably never going to have an audience with a king. I don't even seek one. However, every Sunday morning, I get to address the king in America. And how I do that is to address the people who have voluntarily come into that room to hear what I have to say, because they are the king. They are the decision makers in this nation. And so my role is to, uh, is to help shape their thinking biblically 
in our case, because I am developing people who have a biblical worldview. A biblical worldview is not narrow. A biblical worldview from God's perspective is what will will be the best for everyone in a community. Well, look, and you see attacks on it all around. Okay, we look at the the current Supreme Court nominee, Amy Coney Barrett, who's been attacked for her faith. It came up in the debates this week between Vice President Mike Pence and Kamala Harris. We know she's got a history of being critical of Amy Coney Barrett and others because of their religious faith. And and so, you know, and I saw an article floating around, too, this week, you know, suggesting that Amy Coney Barrett, you know, was a part of some church that talked about the role that husbands have in, in what in, and they teach what the Bible says and the role that they have. <laughs> like, that's what the Bible says. What, you know, what's, you know, but is it now controversial? It's probably always been controversial to some people, but they ask, they act as if it's some type of surprise. I mean, the Bible was written a long time ago. It's not something that just came out recently, but they almost try to reveal a lot like, oh, she actually believes what the Bible says on these type of issues. And so, you know, we do see it. I continue to think we see it all around us and, and to almost suggest that somehow you're not fit for office or you shouldn't be nominated to the Supreme Court. And so, but if we had godly leaders um, who do follow what the Bible says, honor it, respect it, and they're the ones making those decisions, they can help protect that so people are not treated unfairly or, or, or pushed out of that system. And look, you're, you're in touch with a lot of people, as you you know, as you mentioned, but also, as I was mentioning earlier, 99 nations that are part of your fellowship and ministry. But but I like to also take it down local. Right. Houston is the fourth largest city in the country. And I want, you know, from my impression, boy, it's just a, a complicated mess sometimes politically and, and what some of the values are and the struggles. They've been back and forth and the elections go this way and that way. And, you know, they vote against an ordinance on sexual orientation, gender identity, but they elect a liberal mayor. And so, you know, it seems complicated to me at times. And I know you're, you know, uh, some of your churches are closer or further out. But um, what do you think? you know, motivates people in the Houston area, the, the faith community. What's the response you get that resonates from people in your church that's really helping them understand, you know, and, and helping them vote for biblical values? Well, uh, I, I think, uh, you know, in our congregation, like you just said, uh, we, are, we are committed to the Scripture. And how does that you know, how, do, how does the Scripture apply to how we live our everyday lives? I said that there again equates into certain values and convictions that we live by, mandates that the Lord gives us. And uh, they, they do have to do with respect for people, with, uh, with what will make people whole, what will, will bring them out of uh, difficulties and bondage and all of that. So, you know, for our, for our congregation— uh, there's been so much misinformation out mm. here and yes. so, so much intimidation and those kinds of things that I, I'm of the opinion that everybody's, you know, when, the, when somebody presses against us to intimidate us, to keep us from what are our rights, my opinion is what you do then is you push back and say, no, I don't, I'm not ugly about it, but I don't have to be, a, you know, you're – I have these rights. These are my rights. I have a right to my voice, a right to speak, and a right to vote, and a right to hold the leaders accountable. And I'm going to do just that. I'm going to do it in a, in a right way, but I am going to do it in a firm way. And so we, 
uh, we attempt to teach the congregation to do that. We we register people to vote. We uh, ask them to consider their vote, that they vote not by party, but they vote by by the the convictional positions that the candidates take. So we will help them know what where the candidates stand on certain issues. And uh, I I just believe right now with the with the massive difference between the Democrat Party and the Republican Party. You know, I've told our church, I've even held up those two party platforms and said, look, for the political parties, this is their Bible right here. If you want to know what they believe, you read this. It'll tell you exactly what they believe. You know, there was a day I can remember when, in, particularly in the South, when you would have conservative Democrats and somebody might be a Democrat, they might be a Republican, but they did their beliefs weren't that far off. But that day's gone. That, that's not there anymore. The, the wholesale slaughter on the altar of choice of more than 60 million babies in this country is reprehensible. How could any person who calls himself a Christian endorse that infanticide? And what, what, a, what a, a, a Christian ought to think about is that in the Bible, the nations that God judged saying he wiped them off the face of the earth were the exact nations that sacrificed their babies. Well, look, and I mean, you lose almost count of the number. You get up to 60 million. You know, you've got 50,000 or so every year in the state of Texas alone, at least the the most recent documented number. And that's a that's a decrease. But that's still, uh, you know, just a staggering number. And you do have that contrast in parties. And we saw that play out at the vice presidential debates this week. Mike Pence saying that he was unashamed, unapologetic about being pro-life. We know Kamala Harris has a very pro-abortion record. We know she's been a part of pushing to prosecute people that expose the abortion industry. And so, and look, you've got Joe Biden and Democrats that they're not even willing to protect a baby that's born alive out of the womb after a failed abortion. I mean, that that's how extreme their views are on this issue. And so there is a difference. There, there's no question. And and I think it's important for people to know they need to find out who's what, whose people are affiliated locally. Not forget these local elections because more and more, whether it's sex education in public schools, whether it's uh, ordinances and things that local cities and counties are passing, they are taking votes on issues of religious liberty, on issues of life and abortion. Uh, and so people need to understand that it's a whole different ballgame these days. Those issues are going all the way down to the local level. And so I'm, that's why I'm glad they've got leadership like you're providing there in the Houston area in an area that continues to grow. But I think there, you know, there are a lot of big churches. There are a lot of good people. If they just showed up to the ballot box, we would see a huge difference in the type of people that are representing mm-hmm. that area. Well, Jonathan, what every Christian ought to remember is there's a passage of Scripture that uh, uh, actually I'm, I'm preaching on this this Sunday at the Woodlands uh, that most people don't even know, most Christians don't even know it's in the Bible, and if they read it, they just passed on. The Bible says very clearly, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's It's talking to Christians, and that has to do with not whether you put your faith in Jesus. It's speaking to people who already have. 
It has to do with how you lived your life here. Mm. How did you handle you? How did you handle your responsibilities in yeah. life? Not just not just your actions, but your responsibilities. So in America, if the Christians, if they don't take responsibility to stand up for the unborn, who's going to? Yeah. Who's going to stand up for that baby that's that in a botched abortion, born alive and placed on a tray to die? If the Christians aren't outraged by that, we have a big problem in this country. No, no doubt. I mean, and, you know, it's been going on since 1973. It, it just seems to drag on, right? It's the. It reminds me too, because I was born in that year. I know how long it's been. Every time I celebrate a birthday, a birthday that unborn children never got to have, and so that issue alone. If you care about these issues, that I think the responsibility is very clear for Christians in this election and in any election to say we have got to make our voice heard because reality is somebody's going to speak for you, whether you want them to or not, and they're going to make these decisions. And you might find yourself in a situation where they're going to almost overtake not only this issue but others, and the line's going to move back even further. The responsibility is clear, and these issues are on the ballot. And the fact of the matter is sometimes the actions we take matter more than others. In that one casting of a ballot, do not for a second think that every vote does not matter. It absolutely does. It says something in a variety of different ways. Do not take that freedom for granted. Pastor uh, Steve, we know so that you are so involved in these issues. We know you and your wife together. I mean, y'all are doing great work for the Houston community around the country and around the world. And we just want to thank you so much and encourage you to continue to do the work that you're doing. And we thank you so much for being a guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Jonathan. Well, look, go to Pastor um, Steve Riggle's website and find out and listen to his sermon. They'll they'll post it online afterwards at the uh, Grace Church at Woodlands. Man, I tell you what, so many big issues. We were in Leander School District this week. Okay, that's my home school district, fighting against these attacks on biblical views and values on sexuality. That's what was on stake. We got a good result. It's kind of a mixed bag, but overall it's good, but it's not over. Okay, if you live or know people in the Leander School District, you have got to communicate to your school board and tell them to not support these political ideologies of sexual orientation, gender identity that the school, the superintendent is really trying to push. Bruce Gearing came from Dripping Springs. He caused trouble there, all right, in, in controversy on these same uh, LGBT issues. Now he's trying to do it in Leander School District. It's got to be stopped, okay? And we're going to be doing more work on that. Uh, if you didn't hear me say it, early voting starts next week, okay? The governor is given an extra week, all right? That would be October 13th, no, 12th. Let me take a look at my schedule here where I believe it starts um, on a Tuesday. Yeah, October 13th, early voting starts. There's now three weeks of early voting. Make that make of that what you will. Some people like it, some people don't, but that is the reality, okay? That's when uh, the election starts, and for some people it's already started with mail-in ballots and, and things of that nature. But don't let this moment pass you by. Okay, it's, there's plenty of time. All right. In three weeks, certainly you can find time to get yourself to the ballot box. And if you need some help, go to freevotersguide.com. That is the website we've got set up. We've got great information on candidates. We don't tell you who to vote for. We just tell you where they fall on certain issues. And these are responses to their own questions. We give you information about who's donated to them, who they've donated to. 
uh, a variety of different information, a wealth of information. Freevotersguide.com. This is the most this this website gets the most traffic of any website in the state of Texas when it comes to election issues. If you want to find out where they stand on faith, family, and freedom issues, go to freevotersguide.com. Speaking of elections, uh, we're going to have a legislative session in January. We're already doing prep work for that. If you have issues you want us to work on, please let us know. Send us an email at info at txvalues.org. If you know somebody that wants to intern during the legislative session or before then, we have work year-round that interns can help us with, and, and oftentimes we have interns um, all throughout the year. But certainly during that legislative session, there's um, we can get a little bit more attention on that. Love to have people intern for us, volunteer, and it doesn't have to be a student. Maybe you're older. Maybe you know, you're looking at a second career. You want to go a different direction. Please let us know. And gala update, okay? If you're in the North Texas area, you know people that are, or you want to travel up there, our biggest event of the year is on November 13th. That's the Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala. This is our big fundraiser of the year. This is when we get all dressed up, but we also tell some stories of victory. You're going to want to hear them. Matthew West is coming back. He was at our Faith, Family, and Freedom policy event. He was so amazing. We're like, we have to have more people see him. And and God bless him because it's hard to get music gigs these days because of all the virus shutdowns. Let's put this good man to work and show him some love. Go to txvalues.org. Get your tickets today. He is going to play some amazing sets, and he's got a great pro-life uh, testimony that goes along with his work. He wrote the title song for the movie Unplanned about Abby Johnson, who flipped from being pro-abortion to pro-life. We're going to have some other great people there, too, you're going to want to meet. It's going to be a wonderful evening. We'll social distance and have protocols and all that good stuff for folks that want to be um, you know, that, that are mindful of that. All of us will be. Uh, but overall, it's going to be about celebrating some of the work that we do, but getting prepared for the legislative session. We are a nonprofit organization. Go to txvalues.org, make a donation today. Get your tickets to the gala for November 13th. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.